We turn again to the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. Proverbs, chapter 4. Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. And the next verses, 14 through 19, will be the text of the sermon. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. We read God's word that far. Hear, ye children, the instruction of a father... Those are the words that open up this chapter that we have read. Those are the words of Solomon to his children. 
Solomon says to his children in verse 2 that he gives them good doctrine and they should not forsake his law. He speaks of the fact that he was the son of his father, who was David, of course, and he was tender and only beloved in the sight of his mother, Bathsheba. Solomon speaks of the fact that he learned wisdom and instruction from his father, His father had said unto him, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Now Solomon takes that wisdom that his father gave to him, and he urges his son to receive it as well. And we fathers, we also speak to you, our sons and daughters, today through this word. And in our great love for you, we urge you also to receive this wisdom. Solomon says, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths, Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. So children and young people, this word of God in the text is especially for you this afternoon. It's obvious from reading the passage that Solomon directs these words, especially to his children and to the young people. He says, in our text, this, enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. Now, of course, we're going to see the wisdom of the text applies to us adults as well. And there is always the danger, no matter how old we are, that we too would enter into the path of the wicked, that we too would walk in the ways of sin, and even that we too would leave the church. But the Holy Spirit clearly inspired Solomon to direct this text to the young people, to the children, and the text applies first of all to you. Because indeed the danger is greatest for you as you are growing, maturing, becoming adults, And there are still many doors in front of you, still many decisions and many paths that you know not yet what the future holds. The danger is great that you enter into the path of the wicked and that you leave the path of the just. Indeed, many have noticed that in our day, the number of young people who grew up in a Christian church but who have left that church and who no longer attend church is rising rapidly and steadily. And not just in one or two or three denominations, but across the Christian landscape, young people who grew up in a church are leaving, entering the path of the wicked. And it's not necessarily that they're joining gangs and getting involved in gang violence or that they're entering cults or other false religions. But it's often as simple as this, to use the words of Hebrews 11, 
regarding Moses, they choose rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season than to suffer affliction with the people of God. Unlike Moses, they esteem not the reproach of Christ, but they esteem it to be of very little value in comparison to the treasures of Egypt. And so this word comes to you this morning, this afternoon, young people. Enter not into the path of the wicked. Let's consider that together under that theme. Let's notice, first of all, the path of the wicked, what it is. Secondly, the calling to avoid it. And finally, the way of shining light. The main exhortation of our text is, enter not into the path of the wicked. What is the path of the wicked? Who are the wicked? The wicked are men and women. They could be young or they could be old. They could be members of a church or perhaps not. But they are people who eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence to use the words of the text. The path of the wicked represents their way of life. It represents the patterns of their behavior, the patterns of their speech, the routines of their life at work, at home, at school, their social life, every aspect of their life, their life during the day and at night, their life during the week and on the weekends, What is their way of life? That's their path. And Solomon speaks of the path of the wicked. The path of those who love and practice wickedness. And therefore, it's obviously a path of wicked behavior. uh, A way of life of violent behavior, violent speech, violent thoughts and words and deeds, and all kinds of wickedness. If the wicked man or woman is a professing Christian, then you will find him or her in church on Sunday, at least once in a while, and they will pretend to be a Christian, a believer, to some extent. You will see them there sitting in the pew. You will hear them singing the songs and listening to the sermon to one degree or another. But the rest of the week, when they are out of sight of the other members of the church, They return to that path of wickedness that they love so much. If this person is not even a professing Christian, then you won't even see them in church on Sunday. But they will use also their Sundays to walk in the path of wickedness. And since they have to work all week, they will perhaps especially use Saturday and Sunday as the opportunity to walk in the path of wickedness. This is not at all to boast that we, beloved Christians, are any better than they are. For we are not any better than they are. We are no different from them by nature. And as Paul says in Ephesians 2, verses 1 and 2 and 3, we too, in time past, walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. And we too are children of wrath by nature just as they are. No better, no different. We too are prone and inclined to walk in the path of wickedness. 
and violence just like them. But as Paul goes on to say, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved, through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. If we walk in the path of the just, it is only because of the grace of God. But the path of the wicked is populated with men and women who simply and always walk in wickedness. They walk without repentance. They walk without faith. And they have not yet been converted to Christ. And it's possible, too, that they never will be converted to Christ. Some who are wicked will be. Others who are wicked will not be. But they will perish in their wickedness. Now Solomon says to his son and to his daughters, Enter not into that path of the wicked. What does the path of the wicked look like? Can we describe it in a bit more vivid detail? Solomon describes it as those who sleep not except they have done mischief. Their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. They eat the bread of wickedness. They drink the wine of violence. The way of wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. We imagine a group of young men, wicked young men, who walk in the path of vandalism and trespassing. They love to go onto the property of other people and to break things just for the fun of it, to throw rocks at the windows and shatter it, to spray graffiti all over the walls, to steal things just for the thrill of it. We imagine those who walk on this path as those who on the weekend like to take a case of beer and down every can or take some marijuana and smoke it and then get behind the wheel of their truck and put the pedal to the metal and fly around wildly and recklessly through the countryside with no regard for their own life, with no regard for the life of their passengers, no regard for the lives of other drivers. It's the path of the wicked. The path of violence as the rock and roll blares over the speakers of the vehicle. We imagine those who boast of their exploits and like to puff up their egos by using all kinds of filthy and profane language. In fact, they try to outdo each other in saying language that is more profane than the other guy so that they can seem like they are quite tough. They blaspheme the name of God. They curse in God's name. They like to get into fights. Maybe they like to get into physical brawls with their peers, the other boys at school, the other young men, putting up their fists and punching each other or simply casting verbal insults back and forth. They pick on the shy and studious kids at school, being stronger than them, They bully them. They push them around. They stick out their foot and trip them. They shove them against the locker. These wild and wicked and violent young men grow up to become men. Men who are characterized by all kinds of addictions to drugs or alcohol or other things. Men who terrorize their wives and children 
men who use violent words, who use harsh and ruthless methods in their businesses against their rivals in sports, men who are always pushing others around and treating everybody with disdain. That might be what we imagine when we think of those walking on the path of the wicked and of violence. But on this very same path, you can find people of all different kinds, not just that, what I just described, but you can find young people who perhaps are not as violent or harsh, and nevertheless, in the pursuit of their dreams, they're willing to shove others aside and to crawl over top of people in their desire to climb the corporate ladder, to climb the social and academic and political ladder, to achieve wealth and power and fame. They'll do whatever it takes to achieve that wealth, to acquire that status and name in society as they work their way through the social ladder. They'll do whatever it takes to be affirmed in their sexually perverse lifestyle. Whatever it takes to have other people acknowledge that they're okay if they live with their partner before marriage. That they're okay if, as a homosexual, they engage in a relationship with someone of the same sex. This is the path of the wicked. It's a broad path. It includes many, many people who are rushing onward to destruction, seeking to fulfill their hopes and dreams. Now, this path is made up of people of all different kinds, men and women of different races and categories, rich and poor. They look different, they act different, they talk different, but they're united by this. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Only pride and the devilish determination to do what is right in their own eyes. That unites them all. Now Solomon emphasizes the wickedness of the wicked. Notice that in the text. He says in verse 16, First of all, they sleep not, except they have done mischief. Their sleep is taken away unless they cause some to fall. He paints a picture of people who refuse to go home and go to bed at night until they have done some mischief. It's as if they can't even lay down their head on their pillows and go to sleep at night until they have gotten their thrills. Their sleep, as it were, is snatched away from them until they first go out and hurt somebody and shove someone to the ground and make someone fall and stand up over top of him. They cannot even sleep. They think it is boring to just go home and go to bed. They think they need to have fun. They need to do something that's thrilling first before they can really go to sleep. In the second place, Solomon describes it this way. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. They are hungry for wickedness. They hunger after it as if it is their daily bread. As if they have to eat some wickedness before they can really even start their day. And they drink it up as if it is choice wine, gulping it down day after day. They devour the bread of wicked movies, wicked video games that glamorize gross sins like adultery and fornication. 
violence, murder, blasphemy. They guzzle down the wine of hard rock music or other genres of music that feeds their wicked souls with more wickedness. The path of the wicked. This is the path of the wicked. Now Solomon speaks to his sons and daughters in this passage. Solomon has great love for them as a father. Just as we fathers and mothers have love for our children and young people. And it's not because we want to control our children, but it's in love for them that we say, Hear, hear, my children. Enter not into that path. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. When the godly father and mother and when the word of God brings this calling to you, children and young people, and to all of us, there's an implied positive calling there, too. He also speaks of the path of the just in verse 18. And the implied calling is, stay on that path. It's implied that the children and young people who are hearing this calling They have grown up in the covenant. They have grown up on the path of the just. Their parents have taught them that path and led them down that path. Not perfectly, of course, and yet they have. Now, what is the path of the just? The path of the just is, first of all, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is the path of the just. Did not he say to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the path. Jesus is the way to the Father. And there is no other. And he is the just one. He is the righteous one. He is the first one to walk down that path. Out of all of humanity, no one else walked down that path before Jesus did. Jesus walked down the path of the righteous, which means there was no wickedness in him, only perfect holiness. And when the perfectly holy and just one came into the world, the men who eat wickedness for lunch hated him. When the one who came into this world, there was no violence in his mouth, but he was meek and lowly. The men who drink the wine of violence every night and sleep not till they have done the greatest mischief, did the greatest mischief, and they nailed him to the cross. That's what wicked men have done to the just one. They nailed him to the cross. They rejected and despised him, and they killed him. Children, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, because he gave himself to those who walk on the path of wickedness. He gave himself to the wicked for you. He gave himself in his love for you. He gave himself to the cross as the righteous one. He is your righteousness before God. Through his obedience, through his suffering, through his love and shed blood on the cross, believe in him. 
and embrace him as your Lord and Savior. You've been taught about Jesus since you were little. Embrace him consciously. Hold on to him. Come to him. Trust in him and find rest for your souls. And then follow him down the path of the just. He went first. And through his cross, he paved the way for us. He paved the way for you and for me to walk down that path as well. And that's why this path of the just not only includes our head and Lord and Savior, but also all of us who are righteous by faith in him. All of us who look to him as our righteousness and who follow him in our lives. Your parents have raised you on that path. You've been brought up to walk on that path. Stay on that path. The Lord Jesus says in John 15, Abide in me, and I in you, and you will bring forth much fruit. That's the very same calling. Abide in Christ. Follow Christ. Cleave to Christ in your life until the very end. We who walk on the path of the just following Christ are still sinners. We still commit sins, and sometimes our sins don't look any different than the sins of the world. And yet, we hate our sins because the Holy Spirit is in us, and so we repent of them. We strive to forsake them. We strive to turn from them. We who walk on the path of the just are far from perfection. And yet, by the grace of God, we love the Lord. We join ourselves to his church in the midst of the world. We come to the house of God on the Lord's day, not merely out of habit, not merely going through the motions, but because we need to eat not the bread of wickedness, but the bread of the nourishing gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to drink the wine, not of violence, but the wine of his sweet righteousness, which is presented to us in the preaching of the gospel and in the breaking of bread and the pouring of wine, the wine that represents the precious blood of Christ. We who walk on the path of the just cling to Jesus as our only hope for righteousness and salvation. We come to the house of God because in thankfulness we want to worship him. We want to sing together with our brethren with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in our hearts to the Lord. And we want to unite our hearts in prayer to give our praise. But not only on Sundays. We who walk on the path of the just, by the grace of God, all week long seek to please the Lord in our marriages, in our families, in our jobs, in our recreation and social lives. We seek to please the Lord and shine as lights. By the grace of God, it is not said about us that we sleep not except we have done mischief. But we confess, Psalm 4, verse 8, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. The child of God doesn't need to do mischief before he goes to bed at night. Walking in the ways of the Lord He lays down his head in peace and sleeps. Hear the wisdom of the Lord, 
Enter not into the path of the wicked. Abide in the path of the just. Enter not into the path of the wicked. That's the negative part of the exhortation. That's the warning. Don't enter into the path of the wicked, first of all, in your homes. You can do that from the privacy of your own home. You don't have to join a rowdy group of young men doing drugs and drinking on the weekends and shattering windows and vandalizing. You can do that right in your home. All you have to do is take your phone or your laptop, open it up, plunge into the World Wide Web, and there's the path of the wicked right before your eyes. Enter not into it. There in the World Wide Web, you can find all kinds of wicked people walking down this broad path that ends in destruction. You can connect with them. You can become friends with them. You can begin romantic relationships with them. But don't do that. Not with the wicked. Enter not into the path of the wicked either when you go out of your home and you get in your car and you go to work. And there you work with your co-workers. Don't enter into the path of the wicked by forming friendships with them that would involve you in their wickedness. There's a proper way to relate to co-workers as Christians. There's a proper way to associate with them, to talk to them, even perhaps to go out to lunch with them. There's a proper way to do that. But don't enter into friendships with the wicked that involves you in their wickedness. Don't enter into their parties and social gatherings where they are drinking themselves drunk, where they find this to be the way to experience joy in this life. Then you're unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And Paul says, what fellowship has light with darkness? What communion has the temple of God with idols? Come out from among them and be ye separate. Enter not into the path of the wicked by forming friendships with them in their organizations, clubs, unions, partnerships. Again, if that involves you in their wickedness. To take labor unions as an example. You may join a labor union, but then you involve yourself usually in their wickedness. We're seeing that right now in our nation, in which so many have gone on strike. Is it proper for the Christian to go on strike? Is it proper for the Christian to say to our employers, I'm going to tell you what you need to pay me? It's not proper. The scriptures call us always to submit to our masters, to obey our masters according to the flesh. Because we're not serving men, but we're serving Christ. Read again 1 Peter 2 where the apostle even points out that your masters might be froward, they might be wicked men, they might not treat you well, but submit to them, honor them anyway, because you don't serve them, you serve Christ. Does that mean we may never say anything to our bosses? We may never bring a request or express the fact that we need a raise? No. But it means that we must always respect them and submit to them knowing that Christ gives them their authority. So enter not into the path of the wicked. Do not involve yourself in the wickedness of the strike. 
But perhaps more than anything, do not enter into the path of the wicked through marriage. Do not marry a wicked person. Then, more than anything, you yoke yourself to the wicked. You enter the path of the wicked. You walk down the path of life with a wicked person. And that is what Solomon is begging his sons and daughters not to do. Enter not into that path. Again, Solomon emphasizes the importance, the urgency. Verse 15, he says, avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. Do you hear the urgency in the Father's words in that verse? Sometimes we think that we can take at least a few steps into the path of the wicked and we'll be okay, no harm done. We can wade into the waters just a little bit. We can taste that wickedness a little bit. No harm is going to be done. But he says to us, don't do that. When you come face to face with the path of the wicked, and you do, and you will all the time, when you come face to face with it, he says, avoid it. He says, pass away from it. Don't even come close to it. Turn from it and walk away. Just walk away. The Lord teaches us the very same thing in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew seven thirteen and 14, the well-known verses. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. That's the path of the wicked. It's broad. There are many people rushing down that path, but it ends in destruction, Jesus says. Because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. Now do not misunderstand me, and do not misunderstand the word of God. The text and the word of God are not teaching that we have to exit the world or exit human society. Not only can we not do that, but we ought not to do that either. God has placed us in the world, and that's where we are to be, in human society, in the workplace, in the neighborhood, in the community, brushing shoulders with the wicked all the time. But he tells us not to enter into their path. Don't live like they live. Don't join yourself to them if that involves you in their wickedness. Our calling, rather, is to let our light shine to them. To keep ourselves unspotted from the world, James says, is part of pure religion. That we visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and keep ourselves unspotted from the world and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather, reprove them and let our light shine Let them see our Christian attitudes, beliefs, behaviors. And when we talk to the wicked, talk to them as a witness from the perspective of being a Christian, not just as a fellow human being that we're going to go and do these wicked things together. That you may glorify your God 
And that leads us finally to notice that the path of the just is as the shining light. Verse 18, that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The path of the wicked, he says, is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. He tells us not to enter the path of the wicked because it's a dark, dark path. We sometimes forget that. It looks so wonderful. It looks like so much fun. We try to justify it. We try to appeal to our Christian liberty and thinking that we can walk a little bit on that path, and it's okay. But it's a dark, dark path. Those who walk on that path, Solomon says, cannot see where they're going. They are in darkness. They've not yet been converted. They've not yet been given faith. They don't have eyes to see. They don't even realize, although they are willful in it, they don't even realize they're in darkness. They think they're enlightened. They think they know how to find joy and happiness in life, apart from God. But they're in darkness. They don't realize that this broad way ends in destruction. Or they're willfully ignorant of it, and they refuse to acknowledge it. They stumble around through life. They trip over rocks and ruts because they can't see where they're going, and so they stumble over their sins, and they experience the consequences of those sins, and they have miserable lives that end in destruction. Unless God himself, by his word and spirit, rescues them from that path, and brings them to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they will perish. They will stumble into the darkness of hell. And so the warning is, enter not into that path, but stay on the path of the just. It is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Yes, it's a narrow path. Yes, on this path there are many sacrifices and there is much self-denial. On this path there is not the enjoyment of the pleasures of sin for a season, but there is taking on us the reproach of Christ and suffering affliction with the people of God of all ages. But it's a path of shining light. On this narrow path there is bright light. We can see where we are going. That light shines before our feet. It is as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our way. Because on this path, as we have seen, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the light of the world who shined in the darkness. And whereas we, the darkness, comprehended it not, God has translated us out of the darkness into the light. And now we have been given eyes to see. We who were blind now see. We see. This narrow way is the way that I want to go. I want to follow my Lord Jesus. I want to walk in the light of his countenance and grace and mercy through his spirit and word. We know where we are going. We know what is in front of them. We can see the rocks and the ruts, and we're able by the grace of God to avoid them and to walk down this path until we die.
and enter into glory. And Solomon, in this figure, he's calling our attention to the sun that rises in the morning. The shining light begins to shine and the the rays of the sun poke over the trees. You see the sunrise, but the sun keeps going up, up, up into the sky and more and more rays of the sun shine down upon us until the sun is up the very top at high noon in all of its bright blazing glory so that we see there is growth in the Christian life as more and more Christ shines in our hearts to give us the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ until the perfect day perfect day is when we depart from this world and enter into the glorious light of heaven. Young people, stay on that path. Children, enter not into the path of the wicked. Brothers and sisters of whatever age, that path ends in destruction. Walk on the way of shining light, the path that is Jesus Christ himself and which is the following of Jesus Christ, all the way to heaven's gates. Amen. Our Father in heaven, we give thanks to thee for thy wisdom revealed to us in the scriptures. We pray for thy spirit to apply this warning and this gospel unto our hearts, that we may Abide in Christ and on the path of the just. Preserve us from wandering astray from the church and from into the path of the wicked. We pray, bless us in this coming week and give us all that we stand in need of for Jesus' sake.